Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Money Wise with Ray Lance of USA Wealth Group, your financial and retirement guide. And thanks for making us a part of your Sunday morning listening each and every week. The mission of USA Wealth is to help you protect your family and protect your money. Nobody does that better than Ray Lance of USA Wealth Group. Good morning, Ray. Good Sunday morning, Phil. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise, brought to you by USA Wealth Group every Sunday morning at this time. We appreciate your listening. We like to talk about topics that relate to your money and your family, how to protect your money, how to protect your family. We talk about a variety of things. Today we're going to be talking about gifting and why gifting is important, not only for what it does for the person who receives the gift, but also for what it does for the person who makes the gift. We all feel better when we give something to somebody. It's a, it's a human uh, condition that we, we just feel much nicer when we are able to make a gift for somebody. So we're going to be talking about some of the tax aspects of gifting this morning, how you can multiply gifts, how you can do gifts to children, whether it's for school or college, how you can increase the value of what you want to leave to somebody with life insurance as an example. But gifting is a very important part of our culture. If we didn't have gifting in this country, such as charitable gifting, for example, think of all the institutions that we would have to depend on government to provide. Uh, The Red Cross, the American Cancer Society. Think of all the research uh, things that are done in this country, um, largely through gifting. Think about the Dana-Farber Institute, for example. Their largest fundraising event in the country is the bicycle ride that they have every August, the Pan Mass Challenge. Mm -hmm. And the people who ride in that race, you may or may not know that, for example, that they raise money to support them. And 100% of all the money that's raised, every nickel, every dime of it goes directly into uh, research for cancer. There are no costs for this. And it's the largest single fundraising event in the country right here in Massachusetts. So support the Pan Mass Challenge. If you know somebody, for example, who's thinking of riding in that race um, and they ask you for a donation, make a donation. I venture to say, as an example, that there's probably not a single person listening to the show today who hasn't had a family member or some dear friend of theirs who's passed away because of cancer. So cancer research is extremely important. You bet. That's just one thing we're going to talk about. Um, We're actually going to try to do a three-part series on gifting. So part one is today, and it's going to talk about some of the technical side of gifting. How much are you allowed to give? How can you multiply the gift? Uh, Things of that nature. And then we'd like to do a show probably a week later on how to support charities and the tax deductibility side of making a gift to a charity. So I'm going to try not to talk about how to take a deduction for your gift today. Um, I'm going to do that for another show because that's a whole topic by itself. And then we'd like to do a show on what happens if you belong to a particular church or temple or religious organization. How much money should you give to that organization that you belong to? And that's the topic of a whole show, and we're hoping to have some guests on for that particular show to talk about 
well, should you tithe? Should you give 10% to your church or to your temple? Is there a membership fee in your church? I know some of the uh, Jewish temples have membership fee structure, and churches have to be supported and temples have to be supported. Whether you're Catholic, Protestant, Muslim, Jewish, whatever your faith is, um, you have to support those institutions. They're very important in this country. So I'd like to do a whole show about that and have representatives on from different religious faiths and ask them questions about, well, what, what are your expectations? And as a quick example, in my church, we have a program where we encourage people to make a pledge, and it's according to your own individual ability, but that allows the institution, the church, to be able to forecast their revenue for a year. They have a budget, just like every organization has a budget. So let's talk about some basics of gifting, and gifting has been around for a long time. And the first thing I'd like to do is uh, remind you that uh, this is MoneyWise, brought to you by USA Wealth Group. And this morning we have a mystery guest who's hiding behind a screen, attorney Michael Coleman. Mike, if I wave my hand on the air, can you see my hand? see you over there. (laughs) And Michael, tell us uh, a little bit about your background and where do you work and what do you do? Well, I'm an attorney. I work at Lance Law, Inc. That's in Dartmouth on Fonts Corner Road. Uh, we do estate planning, so we deal with trusts and wills and powers of attorney and um, all sorts of estate planning and elder law issues. Okay, well, welcome. Thank you. And you've been a guest on the show a number of times, and let's talk a little bit about gifting um, and maybe even about some ancient Greeks. You know, money is important, wealth is important. So there was a famous Greek philosopher once whose name begins with an S. Uh, Phil. Stavros. And he said, wisdom outweighs any wealth. Yes, that was uh, Stavros Andunopoulos. It was actually Sophocles. <laughs> oh, him. Sophocles, him. Yeah, we, we, we talk about him once in a while. <laughs> Stavros. He was the guy on Kojak. Remember that? Oh, I do remember that. I do remember that, yes. Boy, that dates us, doesn't it? <laughs> Yes. I'm sure Mike has probably never heard of the show. I've heard of it. I don't think I've ever seen it. (laughs) We love you, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Well, making gifts and being generous not only gives a good feeling to the person making the gift, but it's very important in helping others, whether you're helping to mentor somebody or helping to support a little league team or your church or whatever it happens to be. And there's an old Sanskrit proverb that said, he who allows his day to pass without practicing generosity and enjoying life's pleasure is like a blacksmith's bellows. He breathes, but he does not live. Wow. The importance of gifting. Mm. And King Stanislaus of Poland said once, almost always the most indigent are the most generous. And do you know that's actually true in this country? As a percentage of their wealth and their assets, the people who give the most are the people who have the least. Interesting. Wealthy people tend to give less. Uh, that's actually been changing, though, in recent years, hasn't it? When you've got people like, um, uh, I'm thinking of the Microsoft a gentleman, I can't think of his name at the Steve moment. Steve Jobs? Yes. Um, they're now giving away major portions of their fortune 
and they're supporting major foundations and doing many wonderful things around the world. Warren Buffett has signed on from uh, Omaha, and he's actually leaving very little of his wealth to his family. He's given away much of it to the uh, foundations and supporting very important causes. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit as well. But let's talk about gifting in general. First of all, if you make a gift to somebody, Mike, um, when somebody receives a gift, that's not income, is it? Uh, No, it's not. And when I tell people about gifting sometimes, I say to them, and there's a lot of misconception about this particular concept, when you receive a gift, you've done nothing to earn it. So therefore, if you think of income as something you've done to work for or interest on uh, an investment, for example, um, that's income that you're earning. But when you receive a gift, you haven't done anything to earn that gift. And therefore, you never report receiving a gift as taxable income. I get asked that question quite a lot. but So hopefully we can clarify that for everybody and most of the time when you make a gift to somebody, you don't have to report it. Uh, later we'll be talking about can you deduct a gift, and that depends upon who the recipient of the gift is. If I give you a check for $500, Phil, as a gift, mm-hmm. and I say happy birthday, um, that's a gift. You don't report it as income. I'm not able to take a deduction for making that gift to you because you're not a charitable entity, at least not that I know of. <laughs> we can talk after the show. We could. <laughs> and then it depends upon whether we listen. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, gifting is something that's very important to do. And um, it's really how many important causes in this country are supported so whether it's your church or your favorite charity, whatever it happens to be. But let's, let's come back to some frequently asked questions about uh, gift taxes. So um, sometimes you have to pay a gift tax. Um, Mike, I'm not sure if you know this one or not, but in Massachusetts, um, I don't believe there is a gift tax. No, it's the, the gift tax is a federal tax. So first of all, then that means if you make a gift to Massachusetts, you don't have to report it. And well, um, you would report it as a federal uh, issue. Okay. There's an annual exclusion of $14,000. So if you give a gift worth of value of more than $14,000, you would have to file a gift tax return, but you would not have to pay any tax until you reached a $5.4 million worth of gifting. So unless you're going to be giving away lots and lots of assets, I don't think anyone has to worry about actually paying any tax. So I guess the first thing is if anybody listening today is thinking about giving away, uh, what is it, Mm $5,430,000 as a gift, they should sit down and consult with you, Mike, first. Right, I would say so. And you could tell them how to make the gift. I could tell them how to invest the money and handle that aspect of it. But obviously most people don't give away that kind of money. Um, so gift tax is not really a concern for almost anybody in this country. So the annual exclusion is $14,000. Right. And if you're a married couple, you each have that exclusion. So you can give away $28,000 a year without any gift tax return being filed. And that's to an unlimited number of people. Right. 
Now, let's say somebody had a large estate and they were possibly considering or possibly looking at the the possibility of having to pay an estate tax. If they give away part of their money, then they could reduce their estate so there would be no estate tax later, I guess. Right, exactly. Uh, Right now in Massachusetts, the estate tax exemption is $1 million. So a married couple can do certain things with trusts and other things to manage assets to to manage that estate tax. But if you have a larger estate, giving away assets before you pass away can help lessen that estate tax. Okay. You know, in my business, what I do, I help people uh, plan their retirement assets and plan their retirement income. But often I'll see people with larger estates. And and by the way, I see people with anything from 50 or $100,000 of assets all the way up to uh, $30 million. Um, it's probably the largest estate that I've seen so far. Most people don't have anywhere near that kind of money. But I met with some folks just about two weeks ago, and they were worth $3 million. They were both um, a married couple. They were both in their early 90s, um, four children, and their children had no idea what the assets of the parents were. So I did some calculations on the computer, and I said, well, you're each entitled to a $1 million exemption, that means when you're both gone, there's going to be an extra million out there that will be taxable, and you're probably going to pay $120,000, dollars in Massachusetts estate tax. And I said, that's not necessary. You don't have to pay estate tax if you could do something with that extra money that you have over your exemption amount. And I said, have you considered giving away some of the money to your children? No, we haven't really thought about that. Do you think you're likely to spend that extra money over the exemption amount? Probably not. We They just continue to save. And I said, well, if you gave away some of that money right now, there's no uh, obligation to report anything to the state of Massachusetts. There is no Massachusetts estate tax. For federal purposes, you can give away all that extra money. You can give away that extra million dollars to your kids now. It's not income to your kids because when you receive a gift, We've just said that it's not income. And I said, so if you gave away, you know, that extra million dollars now to your children, then you've reduced your estate. You're going to save probably $150,000 in taxes when you're both gone. And they thought that was a good idea. And then they said, well, how do we do that? And I said, why don't we have a family conference and get your children in as well? And we can reveal to them how much money you're really worth and then announced that you're going to do some gifting to them. And they thought that was a good idea, and they made an appointment. And then two days later, they called up and said, well, we think our real estate isn't probably worth as much as we thought it was, so we're going to just cancel the meeting and not do it. These are people who are never going to take any action, and when they're both gone, they're going to end up having the family pay unnecessarily Massachusetts estate tax. It's entirely avoidable. So gifting can be a great strategy to reduce somebody's estate. Why pay taxes unnecessarily when you could simply give something away now to charity or to children and reduce your estate? So The other issue um, with gifting and taking something out of your estate is the probate issue. Um, sometimes people own assets in their names alone or jointly and one spouse has passed away, so the other spouse is the owner. Um, if they own that in their name alone when they pass away, that's going to be something that has to go through the probate process. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if they give it away when they're alive, they can avoid that court involvement. Okay. 
So let's let's talk about. You said that the annual exclusion amount is fourteen thousand dollars, and these are sort of the technical sides of gifting right now. And you've also said if you're a married couple, then both spouses can give away fourteen thousand dollars. Do you know? I mean, I know the answer to this. Maybe you do, or maybe you don't. If you have all the assets in one person's name, can that in a, in a married couple situation can they double that up and have it come out of just the husband's assets and have it attributable to the spouse as well? I'm not sure about that. Okay, I'll give you the answer. That was not a trick question. I mean, it wasn't sort of a trick question, but the answer is yes. You can actually, if you have a married couple and all the assets in one person's name, that one person can actually give away the full $28,000, and it counts as a gift for each of them. So there's a total $28,000 exemption. And... Again, I'm not sure if you know this one, but um, you can give away that amount of money to an unlimited number of people. So you're not restricted to one $14,000 exemption per year. It's $14,000 per person. So if you had a lot of friends and a lot of relatives and you had a large amount of money you wanted to give away, you can give away $14,000 to an unlimited number of people. Put our names down right michael i'll take a go yeah put our names down on those lists put your name on that list phil okay (laughs) so ladies and gentlemen if you're thinking about doing gifting and you've got a lot of money put phil's name on the list absolutely and then (laughs) put michael's name on the list and put my name on the list we'll send for the spelling (laughs) (laughs) p-a-l-e-l so now obviously this doesn't apply to most people most people don't have those kinds of resources to give away that kind of money but if you happen to be listening today and you know that somebody is just sitting on money, maybe they should be doing some gifting because it's a smart thing to do later for estate tax purposes. So, you know, what is a gift? A gift is simply transferring something to a person. It doesn't have to be money. It could be property. Um, one of the things that I've done over the years is, let's say, and we've done this with a, a gentleman who's passed away about two years ago. Um, Let's say you want to give a house to a child and you don't want to report it. If you give away more than $14,000 a year, now you have to report. If you give away $14,000 or less, you don't have to file any gift tax return or any kind of reporting. But if you want to give away a house to somebody and it's more than $14,000 in value, which it is, you have to file a gift tax return. Well, what if you don't want to do that? What if you don't want to file a gift tax return? Is there a way that you can do that? Yes, there is. You can deed the house over to the person. You can take back a mortgage for the value of what you've given away. And then every year you can forgive $14,000 of that mortgage. And it's a simple one-sentence piece of paper. I hereby forgive $14,000 of this debt. So if it's a $140,000 house, in 10 years, you can just gradually forgive the debt. And because you're doing that in $14,000 increments, you don't have to file any gift tax return. Now, if you still owe on the house, can you do that anyway? You can, but you have to pay close attention to the note and the mortgage because typically they're going to have a provision in the mortgage and the note that says you can't transfer a title without the permission from the bank. So there's a couple ways you can do that, too. There's always some kind of a solution. One solution is you can say to the bank, I want to give this house, I've got two houses, I want to give one of them to my my daughter. 
um, can I have your permission? And they'll say yes. Sometimes the bank will then say, uh, we'd like to have them assume the mortgage also. So now we have another person who's hooked onto the promissory note. Mm-hmm. And so that way you're asking for permission. There's another way you could do it without even talking to the bank. And that's you take the house and you put it into a nominee trust. And I know, Mike, you do nominee trust, right? We do. That's part of our uh, standard estate plan. We'll have a living trust uh, supporting ancillary documents such as powers of attorney, then we prepare a smaller nominee trust and a certificate of trust, and we do the deeds, transferring property into the trust. And we also do what's called the schedule of beneficial interests, so it shows who the beneficiaries are. Uh, we record their certificate of uh, trust with the registry, uh, so it's on record. So we can do all those things, and yes, we do do nominee trusts. And then when you do that, you have a beneficiary schedule, right? Right, we do, and normally the trustees... Generally, the trustees are the a married spouse, and then they're also the beneficiaries. And then what we do is we make the living trust the beneficiary when they pass away so that the provisions of the living trust will kick in and uh, the beneficiaries under that trust will get those assets. All right. Now, let's assume that you've done that. Let's say it's a husband and wife, and they take and put their house into this nominee trust, and there's a beneficiary schedule, and it says that they're the 100% beneficiaries. What you could do now without having to change the title further on the deed is you could simply give a little one-sentence thing to your child every year and say, uh, let's assume it's a husband and wife again. Uh, The husband's given away $14,000 and the wife has given away $14,000 because they each can. So I'm giving you a $28,000 gift again to my daughter. And then you change the percentages on the beneficiary schedule. That way you don't have to record anything and you don't necessarily have to tell the bank. Technically you should, but a lot of people don't bother. And by the way, you can take that house that you want to put into the nominee trust and you can transfer that without getting the bank's permission. I don't know if you knew that one, Phil, for example. I didn't. There's a federal law that's called the Garn St. Germain Act. It says if you own your house and you choose to put it into a trust like a nominee trust, you're entitled to do that as a matter of federal law without getting permission from the bank. It's not something that violates your note in your mortgage Mm -hmm. because you're still owning the property. You're just choosing to put it into a trust form. Interesting. So there's, there's ways to do gifting and there's ways to do gifting without having to do gift tax reporting. Um, You know, there are some things that you can exclude from the category of being a gift. Uh, For example, anything that's $14,000 or less, it's a gift, but it's not a reportable gift. Um, If you pay tuition or medical expenses for somebody else, that's not a gift. There's no $14,000 limitation on that. So if you have a family member that has serious medical issues, um, you can give them any amount of money, basically. Um, Same thing for tuition. And it's not a reportable gift. So let's think about grandparents as an example. Grandparents who want to help a child who's in college, um, it's a great way to give away money. It reduces the grandparents' estate for estate tax purposes. It helps the child. The child doesn't have to necessarily report that on a financial aid form. And the grandparent doesn't have to file a gift tax return. Also, if you give money to your spouse, Phil, do you ever give money to your spouse? (laughs) 
Does she ever give money to me? <laughs> I don't even sign my own name anymore, Michael. <laughs> Well, we all if have I this. went to the bank, that would say, whose forgery is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of this implied power of attorney that we give to our spouses. It's power, period. <laughs> well, if you give money to uh, Celeste, uh, you don't have to report it to anybody, and you better not, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> you better not. Well, gifting is, gifting is a science. It's an art. Uh, it accomplishes wonderful things. And this morning we're talking about some of the technical sides of gifting. So we're going to take a short break and come back, and we're going to tell you some of the creative things that you can do with gifting, how to multiply your gifts. So we'll be right back after a short break. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Money Wise with Ray Lance of USA Wealth Group, your financial and retirement guide Thank you, folks, for making us a part of your Sunday morning listening. And, you know, the mission of USA Wealth Group is to help you protect your family and to protect your money. Very important mission statement. It is, and uh, we believe in it very strongly. So welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking this morning about gifting. Our special guest this morning is attorney Michael Coleman from Lance Law, Inc. Uh, welcome back, Michael. Good morning. And gifting is a lot of fun. I enjoy the tax aspect of it. I enjoy the creative aspect of it. But first, I have to give you a couple of Greek quotations that don't necessarily have to do anything with gifting, but I thought that they were significant. Mm -hmm. This is Aristotle, and he said, To avoid criticism, say nothing, do nothing, be nothing. (laughs) Okay. Pretty dull life, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then um, Epictetus, whose name is always difficult to pronounce, he said, no person is free who is not master of himself. Very true. So the wise Greeks were very wise. You know, I wonder if there are more modern Greek philosophers today who have wise things to say. I mean, apart from you, of Thank course. Thank you, sir. Thank you. My book is coming out soon, and Good. you can write the foreword. You know, we should do that, Phil. We should help you put that together. Oh, no. It'll be... Michael, what do you think? You're in trouble now. <laughs> Important sayings of a modern Greek. Uh-huh. How's that? That sounds pretty good. So we'll say, Aristotle said this, and then I say this. Uh-huh. That's very clever. Yeah, we should do that. Or con- <laughs> confessions of a modern Greek. <laughs> or an ancient Greek. <laughs> Well, Steve Jobs, uh, who is the founder of Apple Computers, um, had something important to say on the subject of uh, gifting. And he said, being the richest man in the cemetery doesn't matter to me. Going to bed at night saying we've done something wonderful, that's what matters to me. And, of course, unfortunately, he didn't have a very long life, did he? No, no, but... uh, It just illustrates the fact that our health is so important to us, isn't it? You cannot take it with you. No. But gifting is extremely important, and um, we've talked about, in the first half hour, we talked about the fact that you can do an annual exclusion gift for uh, $14,000, and you don't have to report it. You can do it to an unlimited number of people. You can double up the gifts if you're a married couple. Most people don't do gifting in those particular sizes. Uh, Most people don't have those kinds of resources. But gifting to somebody else or to an organization 
is an extremely powerful concept. Mike, what are some of the other technical things that we might want to know about oh, questions and answers about gifting, for example? Um, I think that some of the stuff that we do in the office is Medicaid planning. So I don't know if you wanted to talk about gifting in that area. Sure. Um, generally, when people come in, they want to know what kinds of things they can do um, to plan for nursing home care. They may have assets they want to try and protect. So one of the things that we tell people they can do is they can gift those assets to their children. Um, there is a five-year look-back issue, so we also discuss that, but gifting can be used in that context as well. Okay, that's helpful to know. We also mentioned briefly uh, in the last half hour the fact that if you give a gift to fund tuition for somebody, let's say it's a grandparent as an example, uh, that's not a reportable gift and there's no $14,000 limitation on that. And um, there's particular ways that we can show you how to do that to make that even more efficient. But those gifts for tuition or medical expenses do not count towards the $14,000 exclusion. And again, even if you gave a gift that's more than $14,000, it doesn't mean there's any tax due on it. It just means the IRS wants you to report it and fill out a gift tax return uh, because some of those gifts can count against your estate exemption later when you die. That's why they want it reported. Otherwise, if you had somebody who had a $6 million estate and they don't want to pay estate taxes when they're gone. They could give away a lot of their money and say, oh, no, I don't have a large estate. So it will count against you later. The gift and the estate taxes will be basically added together to determine whether there's a tax due when you die. That's why the government wants you to report any gift that's over $14,000. And that's the whole reason for it. But the other way you could do gifting, if you wanted to gift uh, for education for children, is you could put money into Oh, a 529 college savings plan, for example. And there's even a five-year special rule that allows you to give more than $14,000, for example. You could, you could bunch it all up into one particular year, and there's something called a five-year election. So if you have, a, let's say, a, widow, a widowed grandmother, she could take $70,000 and put it into a 529 plan for a grandchild if they had that kind of money. So there are a lot of individual rules, particularly for education. And um, one of the things that we are concerned about sometimes is, what if you want to put money in the name of a child right now uh, for education in particular? Um, Mike, do you, have you heard anything about uh, gifts and trust for minors and how that might be set up in a bank account, as an example? Um. I'm not very familiar with that subject. All right. Well, I can tell you a little bit about it. Basically, um, you can open up a, a simple bank account and put money aside for a child, and you have the ability under the Uniform Gifts to Minors Act that you can actually continue to control that account. And so let's say, again, it's a grandparent. They want to put money aside for a grandchild. What they could end up doing is set up a Uniform Gifts to Minor Act account and the grandparent or the parent will still control the account so you don't have to turn the money over uh, to the child. So that's another very, very useful thing to do. So there are lots of ways you can do it. One of the things that I've talked about in the past is the fact that if you want to multiply a gift, um, I believe I've mentioned this story before, let's say you have some money and you want to leave it to a charitable cause, 
and you're not going to need this lump sum of money, one of the things you can do is you can buy a life insurance policy and you can increase the value of the gift. So let's say you wanted to leave $50,000 to the Lloyd Center for Environmental Studies in Dartmouth, as an example, great organization, by the way. Um, You could take that same $50,000 and you could buy a single premium life insurance policy and then name an organization like the Lloyd Center as the beneficiary. And so now you've taken what would ordinarily be a $50,000 gift, and maybe you're going to have a $125,000 or $150,000 death benefit through a life insurance policy. We've had many clients do that kind of a thing, and particularly if it's money that you're not going to need or use, um, you can do that. But every gift is so very important. Um, When we talk about doing charitable gifts, we're hoping to have on people from Gifts to Give. We've had them on the radio before. It's a wonderful organization in this community. So is the Greater New Bedford Community Foundation, which has grown their assets enormously, and they give to a whole variety of causes in the community. We're hoping to talk to some of those people on the air soon. But every gift matters. It doesn't matter whether it's $10 or $20 or $100. Every time you make a gift to somebody, think about how it makes you feel. It makes you feel like you've done something that's helpful. You've done something to help somebody. So it's, it's a wonderful psychological uh, thing that you may want to do. Mike, are there other technical things that you might have or frequently asked questions that you might want to talk about? I was just thinking about the fact that you might want to mention that you know when someone gives something away outright most people would consider that a gift of course but a gift is also when you give something away for less than fair market value so if you're giving you know a car away that's worth fifty thousand dollars but you sell it to someone for fifteen thousand i think you would have a gift of the difference between those two amounts okay and um the way you give things or the asset that you give away sometimes has some tax implications on the person receiving it, not because they have to report it as income, but they don't. But if you give away what you've just suggested is like appreciated stock, for example, then there's something called your cost that you paid for it or your cost basis. doesn't have any impact on you, the giver, and giving that asset away But if you had stock that was worth uh, $10,000 and you paid $5,000 for it, then the person who receives the property gets what's called a carryover cost basis. So they now own that stock for the $5,000 that you paid for it. And then if they turn around and sell it, then they will have a capital gains on the difference between the $10,000 and the $5,000 cost basis. So the kind of asset that you give away can have tax implications when you go to sell it again sometimes. A lot of times people will come into our office and they'll one of the things they'll want to do is just give their house to their children now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we always talk about the capital gains ta- tax implications in doing that and uh, try to explain to them how that might be a bad idea. Their kids might be saddled with that tax burden. Right. They may have to pay uh, capital gains tax, particularly if they never live there themselves. Now, there's the interesting thing that I find about taxes, I find tax planning really fascinating, 
is there's exceptions and there's exceptions and there's exceptions. That's the whole nature of our tax code. So let's say that a parent gave the house to the child and they get a carryover basis. Let's say it's a house that's worth $200,000 and the parent paid $100,000 for it and then a year later the parent dies. Well, if the child goes out and sells the house right away, uh, for two hundred thousand dollars, and they got a carryover tax cost of a hundred thousand. They're going to have to pay a tax on the capital gains of a hundred thousand dollars, and the maximum tax would be probably about twenty percent. Um, and so they may end up paying twenty thousand dollars in capital gains tax. Now, on the other hand, if the child takes the house and lives in it for two years, it becomes their primary residence. And now they could sell the house after two years of living there. Um, and they can exclude from the sale uh, of the house gain up to $250,000. So if they choose to sell the house right away, they could end up paying capital gains tax. If they choose to move in the house and make it their primary residence and live there for at least two years, then they can sell the house and probably they're not going to pay any capital gains tax at all. So there's a lot of planning features, but most importantly, if somebody is thinking about giving a house to a child, they ought to be aware of these very important tax consequences and maybe have the conversation with a child of, do you plan to sell the house? Do you plan to keep the house? So get some tax advice if you're thinking about giving away something that has appreciation and value um, and um, you want to find out what the child's plans are for the asset later. Um, so we've talked about the fact that husbands and wives can do what's called gift splitting. You can take and do a $28,000 gift and treat it as half from the husband and half from the wife, let's say. And you can do that to an unlimited number of people. We've talked about the very important gift tax exclusion and why if you keep your gifts below $14,000, you don't have to do any gift tax reporting. Um, all these are very important concepts. Another particular reason to give away an asset, though, is because what if this asset continues to appreciate in value? Um, then often the increased appreciation is not going to be in the parent's estate. It's going to be in the child's estate, let's say. So there are lots of reasons for gifting from a tax point of view, and it's just important that we uh, talk about some of those um, there are many, 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 many other ways of giving away property, including through trusts and so forth. It's a little bit too complicated probably to talk about on the radio for this particular show. But I'd like to focus for just a couple minutes on some of the psychological reasons for giving away money. Um, so many organizations, including WBSM, support charitable endeavors It used to be you know, quarters across the park and things of that nature. You do food drives at the uh, during the year, especially at the holiday season time, to have people bring in food products. We have a large need in this country for people to make donations, and even small amounts are very useful. We've been focusing so far on tax issues, which is if you want to write a check, if you want to help a, a child in college and things of that nature. But what if you just want to do small gifts that can make a difference? Um, some people like to read books by Tony Robbins. Uh, he's a hard guy to listen to sometimes because he's got 
he's like a, a, a sparkler lit on fire. You know, he's got so much energy. And you may or may not agree with his personal philosophy, but he's written a book uh, recently called Money, Master the Game. And I'm working my way through that book, reading it. But he's, he's written some interesting things. He's talked about some of the charities that he supports, for example, hunger. And hunger is far more prevalent in this country than people realize. And it's estimated, for example, from the Census Bureau that one in four American children under the age of five lives in poverty in this country. People don't realize that. One in 10 children in this country, America, lives in extreme poverty. And uh, there are many, many things that can be done to help that situation. And at a time when we've got uh, 17 million children in this country who live in food insecure homes, they don't have enough food on a regular basis. Um, At the same time that we have this major problem with just simple food for children in this country, uh, Congress has recently cut $8.7 billion out of the SNAP benefits, used to be called the food stamp program. And that eliminates more than a week's worth of meals every single month for half a million children. So sometimes you have to ask where are our priorities in this country. But um, one of the things that he's done is um, he's put some interesting figures together, and he said that the there are 124 million households in this country. Our population, I think, is around 350 million right now. There's 124 million households in the U.S. that spend an average of $2,604 a year on entertainment. Um, that's $320 billion a year. So 124 million households spend $2,600 a year, and yet we've got problems that go on uh, involving hunger and human trafficking and clean water and things that people might want to think about supporting. So Tony Robbins got together with some other people, and they formed an organization called Swipe Out, S-W-I-P-E-O-U-T, Swipe Out. S-W-I-P-E-O-U-T dot com. And what you do is if you register your credit cards on that, every time you go and use a credit card to purchase something, it automatically, because your card is registered, it automatically rounds up your credit card to the next nearest dollar. And then that money goes in this fund. And so for an example, let's say you paid $3.75 for a cup of coffee at Starbucks, which is pretty standard. Um, Instead of charging your card 375, this swipe out registration would automatically round it up to $4. And so $25 that, I mean, excuse me, 25 cents goes into this fund. And so if you did that and used a lot of things on your credit card, you might accumulate as much as $20 a month. You're not going to miss it because it's just taking pennies out of your particular purchase. But for $20 a month, you could provide 200 meals for hungry Americans. It's 2,400 meals per year just by accumulating $20 a month. So even a small amount of money can have a big impact. Um, so whether we want to know it or not, we have a major problem with simple hunger in this country. I think it's a really interesting idea. Um, one of the leading causes of children's death in the world right now is simply contaminated water, not having enough fresh water. Um, 
Money can be used. Some of the money can be used uh, for that. Human trafficking is a real serious problem. You know, I was pretty impressed with reading some of this material, and it's it's pretty scary. The um, church that I go to in Dartmouth, the Dartmouth Congregational Church, is going to uh, start sponsoring mission trips again to various countries. Um, there's going to be a group to get together and decide where to go. Take the country of Haiti. Haiti had major earthquake issues not long ago, and it's an incredibly poor country to begin with. Um, so in 2008, um, an ABC News correspondent, uh, Dan Harris, went undercover, went down to uh, Haiti, and he was doing this as a news report. He wanted to find out um, how long would it take and how much money would it cost for him to buy a child slave, which is pretty serious when you think about it. And uh, he went to uh, Haiti, the country of Haiti. He negotiated to purchase a child slave. Uh, it took him less than a day to do it, and he paid $150. So think of countries that have those kinds of horrendously serious problems. So when you're thinking about giving something to somebody and thinking about causes that you can support Giving is something that does as much for you when you give a gift as it does for the person who receives the gift. And you can be helping things like child trafficking or clean water or hunger in America. So, you know, be generous when you give. Um, The uh, famous poet in this country, uh, Maya Angelou, uh, once wrote, I have found that among its other benefits, giving liberates the soul of the giver. So we can help you on the technical side of giving, and we're happy to do that. But think about some of the things that you might want to do uh, to make your own life a little bit more meaningful by simply engaging in the act of giving. Um, Mike, we've talked about um, giving. We've talked about some technical things this morning. We've talked about the importance of giving. I always like to tell people, too, that we can show you how to multiply your gift. And we can do it with life insurance. We can do it with investments. We can do it with things that won't cost you much. Um, I see clients a lot that have IRA accounts. And not everybody is in this category, obviously. But a lot of people will say to me, can I do anything to avoid receiving this IRA distribution, this minimum distribution I'm required to take when I'm 70 and a half years old. Um, I don't need the money, and all I'm going to do is pay taxes on it and then stick it in the bank. And the first answer is no. You, you have to take your minimum distribution, or you'll be penalized if you fail to. But at the same time, why don't you do something with that money that you don't need and make a gift of it or put it in a form such as a life insurance policy, as an example, where you can multiply the impact of a gift. Or the other thing that we'll sometimes say is, you know, why don't you take half of the money because you have to pay some taxes on it anyways, and why don't you take the surplus money that you don't need, and let's use that to help some charitable cause. We also do a fair amount of work with something called a charitable remainder trust. And um, that's a way to avoid taxes and also to do some good. And that's often for people who might have real estate. I did one in New Bedford, for example, with a gentleman who had a garage structure. He was going to sell the garage, 
And um, if he did, he was going to incur $80,000 of reportable income and pay capital gains tax on it. And so what we did is we took the garage instead and put it into a charitable remainder trust in which he was the trustee, so he still controlled it, and the charitable remainder trust then sold it. And so how does this relate to gifting? Well, uh, this uh, process of using the charitable remainder trust resulted in him getting income over the course of a 20-year period, and then at the end of that time, or if he died sooner, then there was money going off to charity. So there are many, many ways that you can help benefit a charity. Uh, there are many, many ways you can help your family. And um, Mike, I, I know you do some of these things as well. Yes, we do. We've uh, done charitable remainder trusts. We talk about gifting with our clients whenever they come in. So yes, we do. And I know that um, I'm not sure the date uh, that you're doing. You're doing a seminar soon on talking about legal documents also. Do you have information you might want to just describe that briefly? The seminar is on April 21st. Uh, that's a Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. It's going to be at the Emeritus uh, Location Senior Living Center on 274 Slocum Road, Dartmouth, Massachusetts. Again, that's Tuesday, April 21st, 6.30 p.m. If you'd like to sign up for that, you can call us at 508-998-8800, or you could register online at lancelawinc.com. And well, during, go ahead. during that uh, seminar workshop, we'll be talking about wills and trusts and uh, gifting, as Ray mentioned before, capital gains issues. Uh, we'll be talking about estate taxes. We'll be talking about nursing homes and Medicaid issues. So feel free to sign up. And we'll be happy to provide some information to you anytime you want by calling USA Wealth Group at 508-998-8858. It's better to give than to receive um, most of the time. But thank you so much for listening, Mike. Thank you for being here. Thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you again soon. And thank you so very, very, very much for making Money Wise Radio a part of your Sunday morning listening and let the professionals at USA Wealth Group help you protect your family and protect your money. Remember, folks, let their family protect your family. So until next Sunday morning, on behalf of everyone, have a wonderful week.